You know, I was telling Paul when the two of you were out there that it, it's been such an incredible community building for the public power underground. Yeah, and, and you created something the, cool here, buddy. Yeah, you, you did. You created relationships. Connection. Connection. You created the friendships, friendships, mm -hmm. and love and kindness. You know that permeates through public power yeah. and, and relationships that would out. not have been. Why are you still talking? Built. Shouldn't we record this? <laughs> <laughs> could, you, could you maybe say that a little closer to the mic? Oh, my apologies. <laughs> He's not recording. No, it no, is. he's that totally recording. Right. Yeah, it was all recorded. It Don't was. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have that. I, I'm like, I like, I, you know, I feel it's really be Paul's emotion from about now on. that because, <laughs> you know, I think about where we're at and who we're with and the mm -hmm. difficult times, the challenges we, that we have, challenges 100%. we have, absolutely, and what we're coming yeah. out of with respect to the pandemic. Yeah, you don't um, get through this without friendships. No, and relationships. And beer. And beer. And fries? After dark. Mm -hmm. After dark. And Cheers, fries. You guys. Fries are on the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we ready? Yes. Yeah. We started in hard times to bring us all in. Into the laughter through thick and through thin. For public power enthusiasts without and within. Roll on, enthusiasts, roll on. Welcome to Public Power Underground After Dark, the first After Dark episode of Season 4. Public Power Underground After Dark is a less serious, more happy hour-ish version of Public Power Underground's, which is Public Power's premier infotainment program Cheers. that covers public power and public power adjacent news from Cheers. a power department's Cheers. perspective. Uh, in this case, this is an actual happy hour version brought to you live Several. from uh, the Crown and Thistle. Uh, this is take two because the first one uh, we were not connected. We literally we were not connected to an electric outlet and it corrupted our recording. We relied on battery storage. Battery backup. Electric utility enthusiast failed us. Yes, <laughs> didn't have power. See? We didn't have power. We and learned that our was lesson. A problem. We learned our lesson. Now and we we're. Said, you know what? We'll do it live. Yeah. We'll do it live. <laughs> do it live. Um, it is brought to you from the Crown and Thistle uh, Public Power Underground's uh, official official pub. The official pub of Public Power Underground. In the Crown and Thistle. In Coeur d'Alene. Mere steps from the Coeur d'Alene Resort where NWPP's annual meeting is happening That's this right. week. Where we will have more great live coverage. And, and where the theme reporting. is the community. And more the, is that the theme? I actually didn't know is, the theme yet. Yeah. Heart community. I love, yeah. it. I love it. I and didn't know great. the theme. Yeah. And I hear there are many more outlets to be had. There are lots of outlets maybe yep. at the Court of the yeah. There is a phone in uh, the bathroom at my uh, in my hotel room also. In oh, case gosh. You're, uh, my bathroom has a Telecommunicating utility <laughs> enthusiast. You know. I'm calling you later. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it was a little surprising. <laughs> what room are you in? Can you call can you put me through to the bathroom of room? Yeah, you get the you get the vibe. This is gonna be loose. Uh, it's gonna be loose. It's gonna be a loose recording. It's from a pub. Uh, I'm Paul Dockery. I have the incredible honor of being the creative director of Public Power Underground, the manager of Clatskin IPUD's power department, and the producer for today's live recording. Yes, we have. I don't know if that's a laugh track, honestly, or both. Or both. Of today's yeah. live recording. Yes. Um, joining me is an honorary member of the power department, a director, a 
emeritus of Bonneville Power Administration's Fish and Wildlife Program, the deputy director of PNUC, and the Leslie Nope of Public Power, Crystal Ball. Cheers! Welcome back. Honestly, I don't know which one of these buttons is a laugh track and which one's the applause. Uh, but maybe that we yeah. got a laugh track. For we won't be Crystal. offended by it. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be fine. Laughing All good. Way. Yes. Um, joining Crystal and I is Public Power Underground special correspondent Matthew Shretnik, who has a day job as Eugene Water and Electric Board's Power Planning Supervisor and Staff Council. What a great, what a great that's, time. that's right. I needed a. Uh, I'm gonna make the same joke again. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is the laugh, I think. There we go. Well, cheers, everybody. That's a laugh. Come up with a, we didn't a, a get job the joke. title that was as difficult to pronounce as my name. I think that's a bit umtish. Honestly, I should be wearing the. It's memorable too. Um, <laughs> and honestly, the volume Ball. is so low. So this, is new, this is a new. Uh, this is a new. This is a new little device we have in front of us. I'm still learning it. By tomorrow night, by the Elliot we'll Mainzer interview, yes. I should have this in. figured out a little Absolutely. bit. By the Elliot Mainzer yeah. interview. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is just practice. It is. Uh, I, I'm not done with Matt's introduction <laughs> yet. Though, so we're gonna go back a little bit. Matt is also the WSP, the chair of the WSPP operating committee. That's true. WSPP is going to Ooh. have some. Um, conferences this year, possibly. We are 100% almost certainly going to have a conference in um, person in October. In okay. person, October. Um, this this upcoming conference is in Palm Desert, okay. um, California, at the JW Marriott. Okay, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, are all of us invited to do a live episode from oh, there? Awesome. Absolutely in a invited. Very, to very intimate booth in a bar. It might be hard to find an intimate booth in a bar, but I, you know, I, I I'll go on a scouting trip. Pull something yeah, we'll off. Okay. Trip. Okay. Yes. Joining us uh, is uh, the, the the best for last. I saved the best for last, Humaira. Um, it is the incomparable Humaira Falkenberg. Humaira oh. is the power manager for PUD number two of Pacific County, a member of PPC's executive committee, clothing model for true skiwear. Little true. known fact. True Look up, skiwear. It's T-R-E-W, folks. T-R-E-W. Yeah, true. If you Google that, you yeah. will see Humaira as, uh, yeah. as a model for their ski wear. Um, she is who, a skier, too. She, she skied with the U.S. <laughs> yeah. National Ski oh, yeah. Team. Like, she is trained with the U.S. Like, National oh Ski Team. Oh, my God. You guys, okay, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and also a longstanding contributor to Public Power yes, Underground and yes. a f- official friend of the Underground. Yes, Welcome yes. Cheers. Best yes. friend of the Underground. Yes. Best, best, best friend. friend of the Underground. I really do want to see your resume. <laughs> Um, and because of two best mm. friends of the underground mm-hmm. who have not yet had their anadromous championship belts best conveyed, part. we have an anadromous championship for the best friends of the underground because they keep coming back. The, the, <laughs> the small belt, it's an anadromous but a small anadromous belt. And I am seeking out names for the small anadromous belt because Kurt Miller refuses to give up the uh, the sturgeon weight anadromous championship yeah. belt. Um, so we need a name for the small anadromous You'd championship belt. you think it belt. wouldn't fit through the belt loops on his suits, but he figured something <laughs> but out. But he figured it out. Well, he knows how to actually wear it uh, screwed over his bling. shoulder. Yeah, this oh, is I love great this bling. Great bling. I like it a lot. It's beautiful. What type? We need the name of some anadromous fish. It needs to be small because these are the smallest. There are three tiers of anadromous championship belts. I have the middle tier, which is, I assume, some sort of salmon. There's yes. the sturgeon weight, which is the official heavyweight that Kurt has. So what would the small little anadromous Championship belt be called. I just learned there were three. I only thought there were. I only knew of two. I'm sure there the are more than three. The no, anadromous no, no, championship. We're talking about belts here. Small. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. 
There are three different sizes. And you're the medium. I just bought myself so medium. So I felt as though, you know what, I want this medium. It'll look better on my shelf. Everybody and else gets one, too. It's just like, smaller. It's like, I'm going to buy what? you a belt. It's, yeah, you get to keep the small one. I'm, you, anyway, I need a small fish. For, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Small anadromous fish. Small anadromous So you're telling me a lamprey is a small fish. It's got it's a, a it, small it's slithering. And, fish. and it's, it's slithering. It's slithering. It's slithering. So it's snake like? Yes. Yeah, but it's not a meal. I probably have. Okay, my. Have you been to Bonneville? My nine year old son. Round is, mouth? All teeth. Oh, yeah. that sounds. It's like a sucker. Do we yeah. really want to call our I don't know that we do. <laughs> my nine year old son is very That's into very fishing, important. and I know nothing about it, and he is very comfortable telling me everything I don't know. Which well, I love. Do you remember the sandworm from. God, which story was it? From Dune? No, well, no, different. No, I'm thinking uh, Star Wars, Job of the Hut. Oh, uh, the one that lived in the meteor. Kind and of the mouth of that. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's kind oh. of. I mean, just picture a small one that swims around and uh, is black and Are healy, you talking the one in Return of the Jedi it. that ends up uh, eating uh, Boba Fett? That one? Or are you talking the one? No, 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 not Boba Fett. No, 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 Job of the Hut. Not the big. Not the one that lived in the asteroid that they tried Yeah, no, no, no. This is the one where. You know, they keep in the Leia's in the, the in the cavern. That they keep in the cavern. No, you're telling me that's a fish. I'm so confused. We're so I, I, I'm so confused. We're moving on. We're moving on. Okay. Um, so, what, so what fish are we going with? Again? We're going with the lamprey. Apparently, it right. looks like something right. from Star Wars. Is, possibly something from Dune. It's, it's prehistoric. Like the sturgeon. Yes. Like the sturgeon. This is why lamprey works. It's anadromous. It's small. I mean, it's long, and it's immature. It takes a very long time mm-hmm. for it to mature. Okay, well, that makes sense for this belt. It does. Congratulations. And this group. And for this company. <laughs> yes, it does. It's official. That's like a theme of public power. It took a long time to get us here. And you know what? We're not done yet. Well, maybe not. not. Maybe we are. We may end up doing okay. this again. <laughs> we may not. And that's okay. Are you right? Okay, let's, let's get into it, okay? Yeah. Okay, uh, I've asked Crystal, Matt, and Humira to compile a list of their top five most interesting energy news stories from season four, or during the same time period of season four, whichever is, uh, which which is also the first half of 2022. So we're looking like it's a mid-year review of energy news stories. I've asked each of you to compile this list. I did not give you much guidance on what is interesting. I expect I will disagree with you on some of the interesting articles that you picked. And we'll disagree with you. And that's fine. I'm very open to being wrong. That's one thing that is well known about me. I'm often and very comfortable with incorrections. Uh, we're going to use the Zach Lowe podcasting technique I that I very much the enjoy. Zach Lowe pod- podcasting technique. It's a great podcasting technique. We're going to go through our lists mm-hmm. and we're going to compare. If you talk about something that's also on my list, I will draw out. Oh, I have that on my list at a different spot. We can talk about where on the respective spots of our lists we have these items. Um, and then talk about the stories a little bit because there's been a lot going on in the first half of 2022. So with that. I'm going to start with you, Crystal. All right. I'm a crystal ball. Give and we're going to start with our least interesting and no. build up to our most interesting. Your fifth well, most your interesting. Fifth. Your it's fifth. not the least. Your fifth most interesting story. Right. But number five on my list of top five is supply chain issues. Okay. With a twist. With a twist. I'm adding Department of Commerce investigation into solar cell and module manufacturers in Malaysia, Thailand, and Cambodia, and Vietnam because of what it's doing to impact on um, what it's the impact on the industry and the long delays caused by this investigation. Um, it is 
something mm. that uh, advocates have gotten members of Congress um, interested in, and uh, they are really trying to get the Department of Commerce to act because it is causing long delays for everyone in this industry. So supply chain on top of commerce investigation into uh, where the solar cells are coming from is number so five on my list. If I, if, I may, uh, if I may ask a leading question, what's causing the problem? Why is there an investigation? Oh, the circumvention. Okay, what's circumvention <laughs> what's circumvention? Yeah. That's right. Well, from what I understand is there's an investigation into whether these solar cells and panels are really coming from China through mm-hmm. these countries. And so what that, the impact of that, as I understand it, is that no panels are coming in at all right now. It's shut down. Yeah. And so yeah, all of the, the development that we're supposed to be seeing right now, because yeah. of all of the money going into renewable oh, development and, and clean energy the, goals, the hundreds and hundreds of gigawatts Stunted. in the queue throughout the country, everything is on hold. By the administration. Ironic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so uh, Ben Sarure, oh man, I really from RMI, Sorry, when he was a celebrity guest host, spoke to this a little bit, and talk, we talked a little bit about the world. impact on solar development, because mm-hmm. it's largely this like unknown financial risk that developers are carrying if they install these, right. because you don't, and manufacturers... There could be penalties that are unknown that you mm-hmm. cannot may not know for a couple of years. Huge exactly risk. Right. So, so why it's a move huge forward? Financial yeah, so you risk. put everything in place at a given cost, and then you find out that that cost was actually three times. Right. Um, because and you, you have see to pay a it. penalty exactly, and if that's not built into the contract, yep. who eats it? Yep. And it's a topic. One of my friends, Josh Tran, from that I used to work with at Nextair Energy, mm-hmm. um, he's very interested in this topic and really wants Public Power Underground to dig deeper into oh. it. In which I was like, Yeah, well, I need somebody. Uh, maybe like you, Josh, to come on and talk about it some more. Yeah. we got to uh, bring him on. Yeah, we got to bring him on. <laughs> or, we'll never you know, do that. Uh, I, I, yeah. I found this from Verinder Singh. Um, mm-hmm. I linked to it in our notes here. And yes, I can't get, get to it live. It won't let me because I must not. he must not like me enough we'll, for me we'll, to... We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. But and nobody maybe else will we be able can to ask Verinder to come on and talk yeah, about he's it. he's going to have to friend with everybody. He's going to... we got to find a better link. Sorry. Do you know Verinda? I do. Verinda, yeah. Verinda. Yeah. Okay. Do you know Jessica uh, Singh, his wife that works at the um, Western Power Pool? You, you, uh, you, you, I'll put everything together. Thank you for connecting us. Okay. Thank you, Bing. We'll get Jessica and Verinda to listen to the public power. You really are. So, you, so there's somebody in the Northwest that has opinions on this. Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk more about it. Okay. Imagine that. Did you also have supply chain on your list? I did. I had supply chain, a different angle on it, but I had it actually third. I had it related to. Um, uh, Biden, the pre- President Biden invoking the Defense Production Act um, in order to produce some of the uh, rare earths and like nickel, cobalt, and lithium mm-hmm. production for batteries, for electric battery Special production. Yeah, yep, yep. to try to relieve some of that uh, expected need in the electric utility industry. Um, so I had that angle for it. It was covered exceptionally well on the Catalyst with Shale Khan, another thing that I um, very much respect there their work in that podcast. Yeah. They covered it really well yes. and talked through it really well. Um, but the supply chain issues, I think, are like all in company yes. for electric utility enthusiasts. You know, at our utility, we have these transformer lead times. Hugh Meyer, I think you've mentioned before the what yours, your utility is also seeing. Transformer issues, you yeah. know, being able to get them in a timely fashion and cost control with respect to supply. Um, that's been tough, so distribution engineers really being nimble 
yeah. um, in how they reconfigure mm-hmm. or repurpose yeah. or reuse. Um, it's difficult at, in a marine environment on the coast. Yeah. You know, you want to maintain your standards. Um, so it's been tough. So it's taking longer. It's taking costing more. It's taking longer, mm-hmm. costing Which more. Which is one of the reasons why people need to get together and talk about what they're doing differently, right? Need to bring people together, and we are going to cover supply chain at PNUX meeting. Okay, <laughs> which meeting? Which meeting? Yeah. At is our next a- board meeting on June 3rd. June 3rd. Is, is that one of those places where people can come together and talk about these issues? Yes. Be careful. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Myra's organization is not a member of PNUX. Oh. No, we're not a member of PNUX. Shame. That being said, still invited to come and participate I, in the conversation. Yeah, Who are you? We're I, extending an invitation. Yeah, thank you so well, much. Look at this, I would deputy director. Love, ball. I would love an opportunity to okay. attend PNUC. Um, you guys are doing great work. Thank it's you. It's such a wonderful forum. It's it so professional. And you bring such a broad spectrum of electric utility experts. Oh, thank you. Um, and I'm just so proud of you and Shauna and Val. Um, so are we? Are I, we? Uh, <laughs> Are we signaling something <laughs> we might be discussing later? Well, you know, it has a long history of bringing people together, and we yeah. just need to preserve that value, and it's a great forum for the COU and the IOU utilities to come together and talk about these issues like supply chain. Like mm-hmm. supply chain. Yes. Exactly right. Supply chain. Well, and, you know, yeah, and you just crystallized that subject so well, Crystal. Thank you so <laughs> much. Oh! Thank you for your fire. Do you, do you have a... I like a badumptish somewhere <laughs> in here. Honestly, I don't know where... I may have to put these somewhere. You got something good, folks. You got something good. I was looking for more of a grown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a grown at one point. (laughs) Cheers to that. Uh, Matt, what was your fifth? What was your fifth on that? I did not have supply chain. Um, I, I realized At all? everybody else. I didn't because I cheated. You looked. And I knew that everybody else wouldn't, so we'd get to talk about it, and I didn't have to worry about it anymore. Well, what's your but, number five? Uh, my number five was, is, um, refers to a pledge um, by four European nations that I won't, you know, uh, list just because why. Um, all right, maybe I will. Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands, and Denmark uh, pledged to build uh, at least 150 gigawatts of offshore wind capacity. Wow. Bye. Um, That's yes. right. Yeah, live. Um, <laughs> you got fans going on in the background. <laughs> yes. He's, an He's, He's an enthusiast. He is an enthusiast. <laughs> Not sure of what. Um, 150 gigawatts of offshore wind, and so what do you say? 150 gigawatts. Which I mean, you know, even Marty only needed 1.21 gigawatts, right? So, um, sorry, that'd be a good for, that'd be good for the grown. But <laughs> there we go. Um, the uh, and the reason I linked it is not because of just the the growth in offshore wind. <laughs> But because of the why, right? So the kind of the precipitating factor for all of this is, um, as I understand it, not just the climate change issue that everybody's experiencing and aware of and the, the energy transition that we're all in favor of, but what's going on in the re- Ukraine, uh, okay. what's going on with Russia, and the um, desperate need for Europe to uh, no longer rely on Russian gas for mm-hmm. energy, for for heating, for you know, for energy uh, throughout the continent, um, this is one of the ways that they're they're attempting to address that issue, and it's I think a great one because those things keep getting bigger and bigger. 
Um, and Are you I talking about the wind turbines or the issues, <laughs> the geopolitical <laughs> issues? That's a, that is an astute question, and yes. the answer is yes. Um, yeah, it, it'd be both. I was referring to uh, the turbines, but yeah, uh, it does seem as if these issues get bigger and bigger every every time we talk about them. So these yep. are um, nations in the EU, mm-hmm. but you know it's going on south of us and to the east of us. Mm-hmm. Offshore wind development. Yep. Are you optimistic about it? And is Paul optimistic about offshore wind development? I got hammered into me really early in my career the skepticism for offshore wind. Well, and for, you know, dear listener, um, to what is what is that from? Uh, I don't know what dear listener. Dear reader. <laughs> oh my god, this is. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, I, I've heard you be I, pretty skeptical. Yeah, about. like I hold, I withhold skepticism. You know, you hear skepticism about small ask, modular what reactors. What did you used to do earlier in your career? For uh, those of us who don't necessarily have that context. Oh, right, right. right. Oh, yeah. So Paul? I worked as a wind developer onshore. Onshore. Bridgerton. I was thinking, dear readers. Uh, anyway, okay. Oh, Bridgerton. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it, I, that was I, perfect. Well referenced. Uh, yeah, I was a wind developer. Post maybe. Yeah, maybe. Leave it in. Leave it in. But there's skepticism around like things like small modular reactors too, and I actually am probably lean more mm. towards small modular reactors than I do towards offshore, offshore wind. wind. I think yeah. it, I think the like complications of uh, uh, like what what is it sub sub I don't know. The, Many the, of these are floating. Yeah, the cables on the seafloor, yeah. the floating substations. The Transmission's a huge issue. Like, are you getting enough increased capacity factor on offshore wind to, like, offset what you can get from a, something from like onshore? a small, small modular oh, reactor? Oh, ours. Yeah, so, for me, it's like, uh, I'm in favor of all the above approach, and if you want to deploy your capital to try to develop offshore wind, like, I'm all for it. Um uh, I, I just think what comes across is some skepticism of that specific like technology and whether it has an advantage over some other technologies yeah. that that may you're not going to get not to say something so uh, so uh, certain, but I, I don't know that you're going to get an offshore wind project developed faster than small modular small modular reactors. Uh, you know, even this even makes- though. You know, Paul, this thing makes me think of my number one. There we go. Do it. Yeah, Jesse Jenkins. Oh, my gosh. You know, Jesse Jenkins to achieve deep decarbonization. um, And you need a portfolio of resources Uh in order to do that. And so he talked about in this, uh, well... We had him on Public Power Underground. Yes, we did. <laughs> Infamously, Hugh Meyer interviewed him with us on Aww. Public Power Underground. It was and a great you know episode. Jesse from yeah, from being be, going to university with him at Portland State University. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he worked at Renewable Northwest at the time. He did. Crystal. He did. Um, and so he talked about you know fuel saving resources like solar and wind, right? He talked about fast burst balancing resources, mm-hmm. and finally he talked about firm low carbon resources, and um, and that and that you really needed a portfolio approach. And you know what you were talking about, Paul, made me think about him and my number one, which was like the value of having a very nuanced portfolio approach to managing the electric grid. 
Yes, more uh, nuanced. He all was of the it, above. It was an interesting. You asked him this question because apparently earlier in his career, maybe he was less nuanced, which yeah. all of us are, right? Earlier in <laughs> our career. Well, he we, worked for an advocate for wind development, and so yeah. his job was not to be nuanced. Wind and solar. Yeah. But he talked to the Correct. the growing Correct. in nuances. And He's modeled you. more, and it's specific. Yep. Yeah. Your question specifically oh. to him. His response, I thought, was really. Uh, informative and interesting. Yeah, and he really he appreciated the value of these firm resources. Yeah, you know, being married uh-huh. to these fuel saving resources, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, as a way of managing the electric grid and really deep decarbonization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was my number one, Paul. Yeah. Great number one, Jesse Jenkins. Number one. Just Jesse Jenkins is my your number one energy news story. I think he is actually an energy news story from 2021. If he's not, he will be. He was like he was on uh, the problem with John Stewart, right? Yes. Then he was on Public Power Underground. Obviously, that's number yeah. two, right? Yeah. yeah. And then he wrote this opinion piece in the New York Times recently. Which was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and he has, oh, I think, I kind of read that. theme. Yeah, absolutely. Contributed to the John Oliver piece. Yeah. Did he contribute to the John Oliver I piece? I haven't According watched to, it Oh, yet. wait, not this one. He contributed to the last one that they did. Oh, okay. Um, um, not on IOU specifically, but it might have been Cole. I forget. And he okay. made us all cry. He did make us all cry in public He made us around. cry with respect to hope. He did. And when yeah. he talked about the hope for his children. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was wow. thinking back to, so again, going back to my number five, you're going back. You gotta keep going forward. Take a moment to make this about me. Um, But no, speaking to the like, what is necessary in order to ensure that you are no longer subject to just insane demagogues who are who are gonna uh, exert power over entire regions because they have the ability to cut off gas, because they have the ability to cut off energy, because of energy insecurity, Um, necessity. And uh, his his comments with respect to, to Ukraine really struck me, and so that was one of the reasons that 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 uh, made it on the list for me. Yep. Yeah. Paul, so it was on your list too. Y- Ukraine was on your list too, wasn't it, Paul? This was the the offshore. Yeah, oh, that's wind, my offshore. And so that was, was the yeah. yeah. So it was Ukraine an example yeah. of one of the ways in which the the world is attempting to wean themselves off of fossil fuels. Yep. Yeah. So and the war in Ukraine, the Russia's invasion yeah. of Ukraine. Um, and and the coverage, so it's a really hard topic to cover. The energy angles are broad and all encompassing, right? It's it's the geopolitics of fossil fuels yeah. mm-hmm. is in, totally encompassed by the uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The Carbon Copy podcast did a really good job of covering it, um, so I would recommend it. That is one of the areas where I think um, you sent that to me, and thank you for that. Yeah, that's that was one of my top top. I actually had number four, the, the war in Ukraine, Ma- mostly because I don't like to be a downer with my list, so I left it with four. It's probably the biggest news story. I made that mistake, I think. Yeah. Um, well, don't but, go away from that. Okay, I won't. Because I had natural gas prices, and mm. what, what oh, I recently yeah, learned. What you recently learned. Yes. Because you are Peanuts Directory Director, <laughs> and you had guests on to talk about it. Uh, the, the, before we get to your okay. story, the I did want connected to the exports. That's where I was going. That's with where it. you were going yeah. to. Mm-hmm. I was going to actually pivot to the electric utility specific aspect on Russia's invasion of Ukraine, okay. which was the swift shift from Ukraine being connected to Russia yeah. to part of the EU. It was that one of the news stories that kind of 
switch. How did that? Ha- I know. How did that happen? Yeah, it was really. It, it was uh, in it was the works for years. Marvel, like the fact that they were able to work as quickly as they were, was phenomenal. Yeah, it was in the works for years, mm-hmm. and then they just accelerated this plan. It's the work of distribution engineers, transmission engineering folks, um, and a lot being of operations nimble. Wow. And, and being nimble. Um, and it's one of those stories out of Russia's invasion that um, I thought was a really under maybe an, it, there's so much going on there's so much bigger things but kind of that aspect of electric grid connectivity during and that's war. where my brain went it's like okay so they managed to do it in a matter of weeks uh, hey Texas yeah hey Texas yeah hey Texas or the Northwest it's not an analog. It, it, don't, it is not at all. You're absolutely right, and yes. I didn't, I'm, I'm not saying yes. that we're dealing with the same but. issues. What I'm saying is, it's obviously possible. Yes. So that was yeah, my under challenging circumstances. That was my number four, which was uh, the the Russia's invasion of Ukraine and, yep. and that impacts like the utility grid. Oh, I see. You're um, checking these off. Yeah, I'm checking them off. This okay, is a nice little sheet aspect I've been leveraging. I, I messed up my formula, apparently. Uh, yeah, Matt, we'll just blame it on... Anyway, we aren't going to blame it on Matt. I'll take that. <laughs> oh anyway, I, I didn't, I did I didn't review the formatting prior to recording. Now, but so look at Humira's number five, which is anyway. gone now. Uh, <laughs> so you, you, you mentioned natural gas, and you were going to make the connection to... Uh, to the war in Ukraine. To self-promotion. Yeah. 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 Right? Yep. It was about peanuts. <laughs> I'm this is your number three. Your yes. number three. Number three, natural gas prices price increases. And um, one of the reasons that I recently heard about when we invited um, TEA to the PNEC System Planning Committee is these exports. Yep. Um, so less reliance on Russian I, I, oil. I just want to, I do want to kind of interrupt you. Gas. We yeah. did cover this on Public Power Underground. You must not have listened Actually, to that episode. No, Paul, you... Honestly, you gave me these eyes for ideas for right. things that we should talk about at System Planning Committee. Yep. Yes, and you helped me find the right person, too. Yes, we you did. did. We did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So it does start with Public Power Underground. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> we had, quote, unquote, the gas giants come on. Uh, they did, Power yes. Underground, the gas giants. Well, and the, because this issue actually started last year. Um, and the Europe's natural gas problem started last year, right, Bec- uh, because of... Uh, actually, it was na- like wind and solar underproducing. It was a big issue. Uh, so all of this nat- this pricing and our the impact on us we picked up on. Um, You're and, way ahead of the curve. And we talked to TEA about specifically this issue, and it was uh, dawned on me. LNG exports are such a big component of the U.S. natural gas portfolio now, Sufficient which I was LNG not aware. Sufficient LNG exports mean that we're completely exposed to foreign markets. Right, and on natural gas, gas too, not just on oil drop, and gas. Which impacts yeah. electricity prices. Exactly. exactly right, when you're the marginal unit. Yes. Um, so yep. that system planning, com- not to promote PNUC, but you can hit the ding. We're also, pro- just crystal ball also. <laughs> crystal ball. Can, can, can we give crystal ball another one, please? I don't know if this is a pause. Holy cow, that's really loud applause. That's really loud applause. I'm sorry, listeners. It's really loud. And then we're doing it again. Okay, go ahead. We're starting uh, over? We're starting over. We'll do it live. The, um, I had three different people call me about that system planning committee and that com- that meeting and that conversation. Um, so um, I, oh, that has never happened following a system planning committee. I'm not going to take credit for that um, at all. We just got connected no, to the credit. right person. You and you have been talking about this for a long time. I remember um, an episode where you 
we went through Aaron reports and you asked everybody about natural gas prices and you didn't get much feedback on it. But I'm starting to understand it. It takes me a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, that was, that was I remember looking back uh, at uh, something, Jordan Cove, um, the, the Oregon LNG facility that was um, being proposed for a decade plus now. You, you Shut down. talk about, and, and is no longer, the, um, uh, if you look back to some of the initial pushback, what people were saying but not putting in the op-eds was, um, why do we want higher natural gas prices in the United States? Um, we don't, right? It's just going to incentivize more fracking. Um, it's just going to exacerbate the issues that we already see with abandoned wells. It's, you know, uh, it's going to raise prices across the board, which is going to raise the marginal price of, yeah. you know, the next megawatt of electricity, which is going to raise market prices across the board. Well, interesting graphic that we saw at that meeting was the history. Um, I think it was over 20 years, but, you know, we've had low, low natural gas prices for a number of years. That's what we're used to. Yeah, Yeah. that's what we're used to. But before that, they were really high. It's Mm -hmm. just now that they're ticking back up and producers aren't producing as much. So supply, demand, constraints, and then we're exporting more that we never have done before. Yeah, and the the conversation that I forget the analyst name at TEA spoke to was the capital discipline um, related to uh, these these, uh, big institutions and the mechanism why I thought it was a really interesting conversation oh, so uh, much more to explore there. Anyway, maybe mm-hmm. Peanut needs to actually record these and maybe they could publish them as something like a podcast or uh-huh. something maybe maybe no. someday so I might have a friend who can help me with that yeah maybe maybe that could so be a thing so US natural gas uh, storage injections for the season begins with production is near 95 BCF per day uh, with the market fundamentals being really tight so we're at gas here at like eight, eight bucks. Yeah, we're currently around eight, eight bucks. Um, we had been around and two. Really low inventories moving into winter. With They're not a, producing. Yeah, with a hold on Which bo- is still bullish bias. Yeah, um, yeah, we are in. Uh, we're in a really bullish market. Well, the natural gas companies aren't. Uh, expanding production right now because there's a giant influx of cash and they're using that to pay down the phenomenal amounts of debt that they've accrued over Recovery. the last decade. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. that's that interesting. on the backs of the ratepayer, effectively. Yeah, it's been a really... Th- th- that conversation was a really fun about And what, where was that on your list? Oh, that Crystal? was natural gas prices tied to number three. So that was your number three. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Who, so uh, who's fifth? Do we not have Humira? Do we have your fifth? What was your you fifth story? Someone deleted her. Someone fifth. Dele- deleted her fifth you on this. It was. Yeah. It, was uh, it wasn't me. It not was it. Deborah Smith. <laughs> yeah, my good memory. Yeah. Yeah. My, my number fifth was the trifecta, mm-hmm. the the Deborah Smith. Um, trifecta, and her which checklist, was, yeah. and the checklist and the electrification markets and people. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, for me, the really uh, salient parts of well, all of it was really important, but the part where she spoke to the value of ambiguity, and as you progress in your career how you sit with more ambiguity mm-hmm. in dealing with the ambiguity. I thought that was... Uh, and clarify really the ambiguity for the people. Leadership qualities. Leadership, yeah. Really yep. leadership qualities. I thought that was... Uh, that, that really resonated with me. It was uh, a great interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so I had that interview as the top story on my list. Oh, that's well, right. It yeah. was your number one, it wasn't was it, It was my number one. And that it was interview with the trifecta? The trifecta, trifecta ended up being... It was... Uh, 
which doing these interviews help clarify for me what I find intriguing and the stories I find intriguing in our sector, right? And they're the tri like I call them the trifecta, right? People, yeah. which is what you're speaking to, like, and we talked to Deborah Smith at length about this concept of like people, the diversity of perspective that helps drive innovation and creativity, but also markets, which is like, oh right? God, especially in the Pacific Northwest, right? We need to better understand them and the, the conversation around yeah. markets, and then electrification, which mm -hmm. is the driving of the energy transmission. Yeah. Transition, transition is trying to electrify more. You know, Jesse Jenkins' interview was part of that, was around right. um, mm -hmm. electrification and the ways that electric utility can help in the transition. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that kind of trifecta. And we talked to John Harrison about those same mm -hmm. topics exactly right. in our interview with him. Um, so that for me was, you know, and, and we try. I try to leave this as hopeful lists, and that was one of my three. Uh, yeah. That kind of framing of conversations for electric utility Which, enthusiasts like us. I yes. done better so with you that. know. Paul, for me, my number one was that Jesse interview yeah. on Public Power Underground, and that was um, meaningful on two levels. First, it was the first interview that really evoked a lot of emotion for me with respect to hope and for climate change mm -hmm. and what we have an obligation and responsibility to work on. Mm -hmm. The second th thing that was really important out of that interview, and, and by the way, this was my number one, right? Yep. Um, and he talked about the importance of a really portfolio approach to deep decarbonization. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and he, and you know, Jesse, I've known Jesse, what, 20 years, 15, 20 years, right? We went to university together, um, and he talked about the importance of integrating fuel-saving resources, right? Wind and solar yep. and such. Um, Fast-burst balancing resources, such as energy storage. And finally, firm, low-carbon resources, such as storage hydro, nuclear, thermal, uh, geothermal. And how the value of integrating all of those resources together and really working together to go to deep carbonization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was a big shift for him compared to where he was 15, that 17, portfolio approach. Years. Yeah. 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 And it's one of the things I, the, one of the stories I had on my list, which is like, when do, when does electric utilities break through? And Jesse broke through this year, right? And then being on John Stewart, like we talked about earlier. Um, right. And, and the other thing that broke through in like pop culture, there was a couple Wall Street Journal articles that I think also kind of broke through Catherine, Catherine Hunt, what was it? What's her last name? I don't know. It's on my list, probably like uh, seven or eight. Uh -huh. um, but she had a couple articles I think would would end up getting get, that broke through a little bit. But the other one, Blunt on electricity Blunt. storage, yes, Catherine yeah, Catherine. Um, but John Oliver's coverage of electric utilities was number two on my list, kind of to feed off the Jesse Jenkins. You're number ready one. Ready, kill yeah. and and these moments in pop culture where our like electric our utilities break through. Yeah, I think we've had a lot more breakthrough moments, mm -hmm. and it becomes clear and clear um, how important electric utilities will be into the energy transition. And Get family it, members how, calling me. So is this what you do? Yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> that to me has been that was one that was my second uh, most important story. Uh, that that episode and that coverage, mm -hmm. mostly because of the breakthrough. It was my second as well. Oh, was it your second as well? It was. Yeah. Oh, nice. John Oliver was your second. 
Uh, the, no, the um, oh, I'm sorry, I might have misunderstood. You're on Jesse. The, yeah, the Jesse. Uh, yeah, Jesse. Uh, John, uh, John Oliver was my number Got two. It. Okay. Jesse. He was my number seen, three. John Oliver was my John number Oliver. three. Oh, I have to watch okay. that. I haven't seen it. Three. I don't think I've watched an hour of television since it came out. So <laughs> I think that's why. <laughs> okay, so you had Electric Utility Enthusiasm with Deborah Smith as your number five, Humara. I think uh, mine is the last number five. We've covered a lot of threes, twos, and ones. Mine was um, the Frontier Fund's Advanced Market Commitment Ooh. for Direct Air Capture. Um, and tied to DOE's announcement recently uh, to award a multi-billion dollar project to kickstart the carbon dioxide removal industry in the U.S. Um, and you were so I, optimistic about that, but not... Offshore wind. I am. So I, I think. Yeah, what, what's up with that? I think. <laughs> Thank you, Amira. I think I bring. It's, it's probably it's just like, a lot. He says offshore wind too far in the future, future. But this is like it's too much okay, 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 so, so framing this, framing this, right? Uh, is I bring a lot of skepticism. Like it's ingrained in me. The skepticism. Mike O'Sullivan kind of is who recruited me to Next Air Energy, and Mike O'Sullivan oh, like right. has in his yeah. bones offshore wind will never work. So I bring that. I not that it's true. Not that it's true. And that was a long just, time ago. Uh, just. For context, what does Mike O'Sullivan do for a living? Mike O'Sullivan was the senior VP of development for Next Air Energy for like what, a decade. What type of development? When all of on it, shore, all of on it, shore, wind development, wind, like all development. When mm. wind development and was this was what, twenty thought, years ago, right? Wow. I'm not saying so. This is just context. <laughs> <laughs> this is just for context, right? That's I bring a lot of the skepticism, but also like yeah. in like framing, right? It is different. When, okay, can you, what does the electric utility need to be successful? And what, for energy, energy saving technology like wind and solar versus the capabilities of ramping and those, what, mm -hmm. fast burst projects, Resources, right? Resources, yeah. So is, is offshore wind, um, what, where does it fit? And is it a significant enough capacity factor so it's more of like a, a long-term firm? Yes. Or, or is that what's needed in that type of resource better served by something like a nuclear? And do you get all of the energy-saving technology? Or carbon through, catcher. Through solar, like, like solar on a home. Distributed energy resources, I think, for electric utilities, I think we should be like just taking that value that Absolutely. can be for our customers that's and, innovation and, 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 and on grasping hand, onto yes. it on the other hand we still have to stand ready 100% of the time and Absolutely, so the, the incremental value is not one to one or one for one the incremental value of a rooftop solar kilowatt mm -hmm. is not the same as a an SMR kilowatt utility owned Regardless of who owns it, contractual. Yeah, but I think in this conversation, right, the, the, the question isn't so much, is, is a rooftop solar kilowatt more or less valuable than an SMR kilowatt of installed capacity? It's more, does that offshore wind and all the transmission infrastructure to get it onshore into a home actually offset the value? Like, okay, I can do solar on somebody's home, or, or, and, and they get the value, the right? It's local, it is on mm. their roof. I think this is where I go back to your comment regarding the all of the above approach. Yeah, no, I, it right, has to be right. a part of a whole. It it's got to be a part of a whole. Portfolio. Anyway, yeah. this is back to DAC, I, right? Wish. So there's, the, there's okay, what does the electric Wind utility need batteries. to be able to do? Well, guess what? You've got a firm solution. Yep. So, but anyway, the, the, as far as DAC is concerned, that is not an electric utility specific, right? You have to decarbonize everything right and you yeah. need to invest in this technology so it's ready to decarbonize all the stuff that is industrial loads that is so 
intensive, carbon intensive. It's not just I can electrify it. It's like for this process, I need to release carbon dioxide. Am I going to sequester it out of the stack? What am I going to do? Director capture technology, I think it's really important. We should be doing everything, all of the above. Exactly, which is why this is five on my list. This is why why it's five on my list. And we're going to be optimistic about it. And we're going to be optimistic about it. And also, and and I need to do a plug here because uh, this, this technique for analyzing direct air capture is my favorite technique. It is the David Ho technique of translating the megatons of carbon removal into time. So the equivalence of like, yeah, it's like, oh, how many, how many minutes? So you're doing, he, he does this, he does this way better than me. I'm just providing the, the insight, but like he will translate 1 million metric tons. One million metric tons of CO2 direct air capture is like uh, transporting us back. Oh, 13 minutes? Was 13 it? minutes, right? Yeah. It's like, and, and it's like, it's a really good framework for the amount it's of investment direct air. terrifying framework. My uh, battery's running future. low. We're going to run out of time, uh, but it's fine. We'll okay. be fine. Well, we've been talking for a uh, while. We so we I do want to go on the record as saying I'm not an anti-rooftop solar. I just think that, it, you know, assuming a kilowatt is a kilowatt is a kilowatt is not the right approach going forward. We need a portfolio on all of the You can do that, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I do oh. I do think, uh, anyway, we'll get into that in maybe a future episode. It'll be fine. Anyway, so that's all the fives. Who has a four left? We oh. have four lefts. We uh, have My four is a downer. Can I do my three? <laughs> well, uh, uh, we got, we got, we got, we got. Let's let's go with your four. We got to get it out of the way. Go with four. All right. And we have similar fours. NERC warns of drought impacts to electric reliability um, and hydro in the West. And so this is not different or new because of um, because of the fact that we've been talking about and, and seeing articles with respect to Kaiso and and ERCOT and and even mm. SPP and MISO and, and shortages, uh, especially with. Uh, extreme weather events, but this one was specifically interesting to me because of the fact that it's not just about the drought, but for thermal generators that utilize the Missouri River specifically for cooling because Mm. of the drought that's being experienced in that area. Not only do we not see the generation from hydro in that area because of the drought, but the thermal generators will not be able to operate because they will not be able to cool because there's not enough water for them to do so. And so the, the weather impacts are going, ab- are going above and beyond what we thought they might, right? right? A drought means Can't generate farm hydro. issues and, you know, farm issues, you know what I mean. Um, and you can't generate from hydro. Um, but it also before means before I read this article, it did not mean to me that you can't have gas generation. Because you have to cool. But it yeah. turns With out water. when there's a drought that's bad enough, that's exactly what it means. And that you? means that we, you know, again, going back to all of the above solutions, it's all connected. You read deep into this report. I put the NERC assessment and the Kaiso summer assessment um, on my list of, um, on my fourth as well. Um, because these are really important things to look forward on and to plan for. And I do find a little hope with with the Kaiso's assessment. Um, their battery storage, mm-hmm. exponential growth. Yep. Like 250 megawatts, I think, is what they had um, prior to summer 2021. I think they're planning for something like 4,000 megawatts of battery storage this year. Kind of goes back to that Shale Khan episode. Yep. Back to yeah. Yeah. Materials. So it's one of the reasons up. why the Kaiso is thinking, you know, it's going to be tough, but it might be mm-hmm. might be okay. Mm-hmm. 
except for supply chain issues. Supply chain. Except yeah. for that whole supply chain issue that yeah. we talked about. We, you know, we ordered them. I, so I'll be here in two I years. Did, which was I your do, number five? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. all connected. Okay, so Matt, talk to a little bit about what's your number one and why is it different than your number four? Because this is a distinction. Thank you for asking. I'm feeling, yeah. I'm feeling as if you're being critical here. Well, it's going to be yeah. a dollar. No, 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 no. You're connected. I told you that I was going to be judgmental yeah. of what you think is interesting. So I actually think your number Convince four is him. really interesting. Convince him. I was, so what's your number one? Well, my number four is lower than... So number one is a Bloomberg article about the vast swath of the U.S. is at risk of summer blackouts. And it goes into much of what we just touched on. ERCOT, KISO, SPP, MISO, et cetera. Yeah. Um, even um, ISO New England because of uh, oil and gas issues. But the... So it, it's number one because it's so broad. Because the okay. impact is so broad. And because it, it, it shows that basically... Um, so far as uh, the northwest grid is concerned, basically BC Hydro is the only area where they've got, a, in a low hydro year, sufficient PRM to cover extreme events. The rest of us are pretty much SOL. Um, and it's turned into a really downer of an episode. <laughs> well, there's a lot of opportunities there. Oh, that's the other way to look at it, right? Nice. And, and we could focus on that, but I wasn't. Um, but yeah, it's, so and, and that's number one because of at the end of the day, what are we what are we talking about, right? It's our obligation um, as electric utility enthusiasts to keep the lights on and do the due diligence and do the work. Um, and if and when we fail to do so, the reality is that people's lives are at risk. Um, and that's what this says to me: people's lives are at risk because people aren't doing their jobs, and you know we can't get the. Well, uh, wait, wait, wait. People are doing their jobs. We're just going through a massive transformation. We're in going our through a massive transformation, but I would argue that politicians are not doing their jobs. Um, or we would have potentially more of the resources we need to solve this problem. Maybe not all of them. I'm not saying the problem wouldn't still exist. Yeah. I'm saying it probably wouldn't be as bad as it is. Hmm. Or at least is projected to be. Well, you got to remove their, those barriers. That would be nice. Yes. I don't know how. Um, this is not an electoral college podcast. No. <laughs> caught it, caught it, caught it. Um, leave it in. Anyway, um, so yeah, not to get downer, that's why that's number one to me because, you know, we spoke earlier about, um, and I don't know if we were recording at the time, but the importance of safety from the perspective of, of those in charge of, of, of utilities. Um, and, you know, I, I think of that. You know, this is that same concept, the fact that the, the general manager or CEO of a small public utility is focused on the safety of everybody, and everybody who's working on the lines, and everybody who's working everywhere else, in a truck, in an office, what have you, the utility needs to be focused in that exact same way on the safety of the people for whom they are providing a service. Um, yeah. And it's the exact same concept. And so that's why that's my number one. That's good. It's good number one. Did I convince you? Yeah, it's a, it, it's a downer. But it's a good number one. All right. yeah, well, I'll number listen one. to it. I'll refine it. We'll distill it down to something you can actually sit down to dinner with. Yeah, there we go. All right. Okay, Hugh Myra, you still had a number four. Cheer me uh, up, would you? Uh, BPA joins the... Yay! Yay! Yeah. 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 Cheers to I, I don't know if this is a laugh track or... Uh, no, no, that's a laugh track. Let's Someday. do it. Okay. Someday. This was your number four. This was my number four. Okay, um, the energy imbalance market... Uh, mark the two billion dollar yes. mark, right? This is my uh, number one. Th this was your this number was one. This was your number oh, one. Yes. Oh God. yes. Okay. What's interesting about it? What Gross is interesting about it? Benefits. 
That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what What is interesting about it, Humaira? Why, why was it number three? Well, the thing is, the value that comes out of the energy imbalance market goes to help offset the costs for our PF rate. And that was huge. Yeah. And so thinking about Bonneville's participation in, a, in the energy imbalance market and all of the great work that the agency has done with respect to grid modernization and visibility into load forecasts, generation forecasts, and then being able to participate in this market uh, means that the agency is one step closer to perhaps a day ahead market. That whoa, 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 whoa. That was a, that was a leap. That was a that leap. That was a leap. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go back to my uh, <laughs> borrow from somebody's previous number one to um, really explain my number one. Okay. So okay. you also had the EIM I on your list EIM, as number one. BPA joining, also hitting the $2 billion, but also the interview with Deborah. Oh, yeah. Yes, because she said to market to market to make some more cash. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And the reason why I think $2 billion is significant is because... It's it's not significant, it's interesting. It's interesting, all right. But over time, the EIM 2014... I mean, it's been building over time to get to this $2 billion mark, right? But it has happened in the last few years, really this exponential growth with more utilities participating in it. And so we're going to start... 20 months and $1 billion. You did the research. I love you. Yes. See, it happened so quickly to get to that $2 billion with more utilities involved. Participation. And on yeah. their, you know... I've been working for way more than 20 months. I haven't come anywhere near that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And if you think about the opportunity with the real-time market, there is more opportunity to make some more cash, to integrate resources. Yeah. On the day ahead. Yeah, on the day ahead. Thank you for catching that. On the the day ahead. Lots of money at the table. To market to market, to make some more cash. Broader footprint. Broader footprint with an imbalanced market makes integration a lot easier. I remain skeptical of the day ahead market with Bonneville for a whole slew of reasons, but I will remain optimistic. I do remain optimistic. This isn't a, a conscious choice. This is... I am optimistic. I think it's going to be good. Well, and the second part of Deborah's quote was... To market to market to make some more cash, an RTO in a flash. Oh. <laughs> I we were that. listening yes. so carefully. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, this is going to take time, right? An incremental approach. So I'm going to ask Elliot about the incremental approach you on should. Wednesday's yeah, episode. Yeah, absolutely. My Jacob Mays interview made me a little bit more skeptical of an inter- incremental approach. Being we rational, be. we may want to uh, we may want to have an interview or a conversation rather with um, Sarah Edmonds, who had a lot of really good things to say with respect to the importance of the incremental approach in the Northwest. When uh, having some conversations with some folks at FERC, Matt, you hit on my number two. I think that's going to your number two, isn't it, Crystal? We're going to end there. We're going to end on number two. All right, we're going to end there. Okay, people in. Northwest Public Power on the move. On the move. We aren't ready to end yet. You can't go there yet. We got to end there. How I'm much saying. battery do you have left? We have. We got to do. We have two more. Okay. okay. First, we got to. Humira, you have another market's perspective on your number two. Tell me what Mary, your number two is. Mary, 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 Mary Winky. Um, Her Sage Council. 
uh, to Public Power Underground uh, in her interview here, and I think it was... She was great. She was awesome. She was a good sport. She knew her token, and she was on message. I loved it. She did know her token, Um, right? So her counsel was to be aware of places where there were faults um, that occurred in the past, um, and to be mindful of that as you live, mm-hmm. uh, as you look prospectively. Um, there's a plug for PGP uh, retrospective. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Good work don't there. Be, yeah. And don't be stuck on the outcome. And Oh, uh, I thought that was end state. such great advice. Um, I think it's great advice. I think it's hard for Bonneville. You and I would know. It's hard for a lot, I'm thinking a lot more of like entities. Um, legally, legislatively, But what I loved was her takeaway on, and I'm going to use her language. Uh, she spoke about the intersection between carbon policy and market development. Mm-hmm. And she spoke of the example of CETA implementation. And she said, she talked about how Washington State is driving and regulating energy policy with respect to uh, what resources serve load and how those electrons serve the various load versus how a market does it. And a market does not undifferentiate resources. And those two are at odds with each other yep and it was like within 10 minutes to the end of the podcast where she spoke so eloquently about that and she really crystallized the tug and the dissonance yeah. between those two competing policies and i you were captivated i was captivated she had me how could and you not so, be yeah and that was my number two all right paul i'm gonna i'm gonna take it from you on this one since my computer's still on mine uh, stopped yeah we'll see whether we'll see what happens. we end up with any video content <laughs> well, the video is we coming still have from the somewhere audio, else yes. it'll be fine the audio is still on let's go the audio is plugged in this time yeah. awesome. we're good to go um, we've got electricity firm capabilities <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, there are so two you're saying I, I can take it off I'm I'm done. I'm retired at this point. No, take the rest of the not at all. We need somebody on the board. Oh, I got good point. (laughs) (laughs) We still don't know what that is. I think it's applause. That's applause. A lot of applause. A lot of applause. (laughs) Um, Thank you. Thank you. Go on. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, My number three. We've got two left. Okay, we got two left. To say, Crystal's number two, which we touched on a bit earlier, but we're going to dive into in a moment. Uh, My number three is EVs are fastly becoming a real thing. Um, I didn't have a better way to say it, and so that's what I wrote down. Uh, two articles in particular. There was a car and driver article and an EV, uh, Inside EVs article. Um, plug in electric car sales um, significantly increased in the first quarter of 2022. Uh, so the entire U.S. auto market fell. Uh, I should say new car registrations were down 18% in the first quarter of 2022. Because you couldn't buy them because of the supply yeah. chain. Exactly. Right? Back to number five. Yep. yep. And yet, EV registrations were up 60% over the previous quarter. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it's very awesome. Um, uh, BEV. I, I, Battery electric vehicle. Thank you. Yeah. I knew that at, at one time. I should know that now. Um, the, uh, you just plug the battery electric vehicle into the front of Eugene Water and Electric Board's offices and you get electricity for free. Did you know that? 
Yes, soundboard. Ben is going to be very happy that you mentioned that. It feels like not a, not an opportunity goes by. <laughs> uh, so, is there any news about electric vehicle ownership within I the know. group that anyone wants to share? I am, uh, is this I am a trend that we so, are experiencing? Oh, absolutely. In this group. Uh, um, uh, inspired yeah. by my friend Paul, um, yeah. I did yeah, not yeah. buy a Tesla, um, but did end up with a Kia. Um, my wife and I recently purchased a Kia EV6, and it is so much more fun than it has any right to be. Yep. I love the torque. It is obnoxious. <laughs> it is obnoxious to drive that you car. You know torque. You drive a Ducati. I do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I want to ride. It gets, it gets great gas mileage, though. Right? Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll allow it this time. Anyway, what, the, the point is, so looking towards Norway, where 86% of new vehicles um, were electric this past March, you know, there's, there's ground to be gained, and yeah. we can, of course, do better. Um, if you look at the trajectory of car sales versus truck sales in the U.S., significantly more trucks over the last 10 years than cars. Um, historically, that was not the case. Excited about the F-150 Lightning recognizing that um, it may very well represent an opportunity for people who would never have considered an electric vehicle to make the transition and, and have an opportunity to love the torque like we do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the fact that I can have that much fun driving around and do the right thing at the same time. Oh, and also save a, a lot of money for because I don't want to Especially curse. now. Well, especially now, but even even otherwise, it cost yeah. me seven dollars to fill it to to get uh, full range. Roughly, you know, two hundred and eighty-five to two hundred and ninety miles of wow. range. We covered EVs in the holiday episode too. And the water is oh, your power. Oh, it's a it's a trend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and water and is and your power. Because I'm uh, I'm at eWeb, we're ninety percent clean. Um, and more than that, most of the time, I can program the thing to charge at night, which means it's even better. Um, oh, I get to I get to just walk around feeling <laughs> great about it. myself. Oh my God, Northwest River Partners, water is our power. That's right. Yep, wow. and you get the virtue signal at the same time, which yeah. just feels good. Yeah, it does. It really does. Well, congratulations on that new purchase. Yeah, I'm so excited. Most importantly, can you sleep in it? No, Did you make you this list before you bought it? Yes, it is a very oh. important distinction that I want to make. I made this list well before that vehicle was even okay. uh, yeah. consideration. Fair enough. Okay. Um, it was an impulse purchase, um, which is a crazy thing to admit, but here we are. So we have one more on the list. We have, the, we have the last one. one. Yeah. I don't well, know why it isn't number one on anyone's <laughs> list. Because I had the BPA joining the EIM as my yeah, number one. we're going to drop that to number two. <laughs> and you're just going to have this one as number one. It's like that, not that. Oh, and like wait. Bonneville joining the EIM was like, we've known that for a while. It wasn't like new in the last six months. It was like, it was, was pre big It happened. That's big. It is now number one. Yeah. There we go. Live at it. Live at it. You edited change the numbers. Change. All right, it. number one. Problem people solved. on the move. And we've already talked about Mary Winkie. People yeah. in Northwest oh Power. On oh, yeah. People in Northwest, Northwest Power on the move. Mary Winkie coming over like from the Rivers. IOU. Sarah. Yep. yep. And Sarah Edmonds. Isn't oh this gosh. just great news? Mm-hmm. Western Power Pool hiring Sarah Edmonds. So we've <laughs> interviewed... Mary Winkie on Public Power Underground. Yes, when are have. we interviewing Sarah Edmonds? That was a great... Hey, why on. didn't I think of that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I Whatever told you, you she's listening. 
I, I, I don't believe you, actually. Yep. I, I don't oh, believe I bet, you. No, uh, no one listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody oh, listens. It's, 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 it, this is just for fun. We're talking because it's fun to talk, and that's why. People are but, listening. But having Sarah Emmons on would be great. Yeah. I'd love to talk to Sarah. It'd be well, fun. we're going to get her on because yeah. this is. Um, I, I saw Sarah, and I told her I was going to look into this. Um, it's huge. Sarah um, being you know, the first female to lead this organization, um, it is, uh, it's got a long history. Um, it's done some things over time very well, but it really hasn't been on anybody's radar, right? It's just kind of operated and provided important, in very important ser- uh, resource or services. Um, but now it's becoming even more important as we uh, dive into resource adequacy. And yep. Sarah is so passionate and capable. smart, capable. And yes, capable. and she's just going to lead this organization into a new frontier. Um, but it's remarkable because Jerry Rust, prior to Frank Afrangi, was there for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I looked this up um, and uh, the previous uh, person, Rick Nasif, I think is his name, was there for... 14 years. So for 34 years, this was this organization was managed by two people. Frank Afrangi um, was there uh, for about four years, and now we've got Sarah. And she's just going to really transform this organization and bring something very important to our region. I'm super excited to have Sarah in this position, and we've got to get her on the show. Stories yeah. of change, stories of hope. Yeah. I do like the, the adopt, like, so... There's been a full adoption here. It wasn't when are you going to interview Sarah. It is, we've got to get her on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Bill Drummond actually spoke really highly of and, and encouraged us yeah. to he's talk to her because right? she provides, he I guess. He's the chair. The, the board chair, chair of, the of Western Power Pool. Uh-huh. one of the nicest people I think I've ever Absolutely. met. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so you, you spoke to Mary Wenke and, and Sarah, uh-huh. other people. Uh, on the move and Northwest Pelvic. Is there anything? <laughs> Potentially, uh, you know, the, a gigantic PMA in the Northwest <laughs> that recently yeah. made the transition to That was deputy. this year, right? That was was this that this year? year? Uh, uh, great was title. Kind of like the Leslie Nope of Public Power. <laughs> it was like she came on Public Power Underground and we said she was the Leslie Nope of Public Power and, and then, then she got a deputy director. She got the title. It's like you had a crystal ball. Two crystal balls. Two crystal ball, y'all. You guys are such good friends. Such good friends. Yeah, so you made the move. You made the move. You actually left public power to join a trade organization. But it's it's a a public power... IOU. Still counts. It's yeah. bringing the power yeah. of good ideas together. Yes, it is, yeah. really. We are we're doing that. And um, Shauna announced last week that she is uh, retiring in August from PNUC after 40 years of working at wow. PNUC. So, so she started PNUC, right? She started working at PNUC. Working at PNUC. She did so not she did start in 1980. Okay. PNUC yeah. has been around um, for more than 70 years. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Long, long history. We just produced the 70th. Um, yeah, it's because Matt doesn't Northwest pay attention to the system planning committee. Do you even attend the system planning no, committee? No, he doesn't. He, doesn't. he okay. sends his people. Yeah, a loss, but also like a great like opportunity. It's a great opportunity. It's it a wonderful a great opportunity. opportunity. And it's, Crystal, and yeah. I'm it's great for stoked Sean. for you. Uh, well, it's great for you. what? It's great for Sean. Yeah. Absolutely. She's yeah. very yeah. excited about her retirement, and she feels very confident about uh, where 
Yeah, our, oh, we hired I, Aliza at, at Pinoc too, so yeah. I think we all have good Another wonderful uh, stories of hope, and, stories of change. Yes. Yeah, Aliza uh, coming over from um, Puget. No, she was at Puget before. She was at Seattle, Seattle City, City Light. Light. From Puget see, by way yeah. of Seattle City Light. I know, but see that connection? Just <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like I said. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got people on the move, uh, great uh, women in power. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, think about all the women in power, right? Think about Jackie Flowers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maria Poe. Mm-hmm. Anita Decker. Oh, we could go on. There's mm-hmm. Deborah Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deborah Smith. There's wonderful women in leadership positions right now. Yeah. And you think about the women who have come before us, right? Trailblazers like Vicky Van Zandt. Yeah. Oh, my fave. Oh, my. Yeah. Nancy Baker, Jerry Leon. Uh huh. Um, and I think about women like Wyla Wood, Jean Reichman, you know. Tremendous, tremendous women. Susan Ackerman. Yes. We love Susan, Susan Ackerman. Yeah. yeah. You know, stories of change, stories of hope. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the future. Sam. Yeah. Very much. Every time you say stories of change, stories of hope, I think of all moms and the Geshes bringing hope and mo- opening monologue. I loved that. Around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really powerful It message, was very really. powerful. She's yeah. one of my favorites. Speaking uh, of awesome women who, yeah. who should or will be in power soon, uh, uh-huh. I'd work for her. Oh, yeah. I mean, clearly. <laughs> no, uh, uh, there's great great people in the northwest that was a great story to end it on anything else from the uh most recent six months of public power and public power adjacent news from a power department's perspective that we should cover well i think the part about this last segment that we discussed right stories of hope stories of change is very much connected to building community which links mm-hmm. into the northwest public the power. theme of yeah, the week the theme. the theme of the week yeah community yeah community you know it matters. Um, yeah, it matters. And and John Oliver's, you know, the theme of it matters who our customers are and who we're accountable mm-hmm. to and the relationships we have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, thanks for creating a place where Thank we can come all. and talk about it. Yeah. I mean, Peanut is a great place to come and talk about <laughs> stuff. This is just a place to maybe have a drink after dark. And, uh, yeah, but they get mad fun. at me when I drink a Peanut. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That's all Not we've got for yeah. <laughs> Only in Hawaii. <laughs> That's all we've got for this episode. We hope you enjoyed the after dark discussion. Send any news, questions, opinions, or corrections to me on Twitter at a power manager. If you're a friend of the underground, send any of us a note. Well done, team. Thank we you. Well we did it. There were some this technical difficulties. We had to redo the start. It was fine. Do y'all feel valued and appreciated? Do you Absolutely. feel like thank you? feel like empowered and hopeful in this moment of transition feel yes. good? good i feel very I feel hopeful. great this is, one, this is one of those my things community i feel my people good I feel exactly my people. it's so it, i had i had someone i work with ask me about um the amount of work it takes to to do this sort of thing and i uh immediately pointed out that you do you do all the work you do you um, do the scripting you do the 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 magic, the sound The mixing board. board. I wave hands. You wave hands. Yep. Um, we just shake them. But You're quite the, capable. The yeah. fact is, the, this part 
This is the it fun is part. The fun it's part. The e- yeah, it is. This is the easy part. And yeah. so at no point did any of this feel like work, even when I found myself saying the exact same thing I had said several minutes before. <laughs> I forgot to record it. This is the most fun I've ever had at NWPPA annual meeting. Oh, wow. It's Don't my say first that. meeting. We got we to cut that. Cut it. <laughs> cut it. It's your first meeting? This is the first event at your first meeting? This is the first event at our first annual meeting. Bonneville should send their director of Fish and Wildlife more, is what I just learned, I guess. Absolutely. I don't know the new director of Fish and Wildlife. So Jason I think Sweet. you've told me. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Jason. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're going to close this out because it's been a long episode and we already re-recorded the first part. Uh, this is the first of three episodes we're recording, and uh, I'm not sure what order they'll be published in. So maybe you're getting this first. Maybe you're getting it last. Maybe we've already interviewed Elliot, and the references to the future interview won't really make sense. You're like we already did that. Why are you talking about it now? Who knows? It's fine. If you want to make sure you don't miss all that stuff and this stuff in between, and who knows how many episodes there'll be left in this, but you can sign up to consume this in all fascinating content at publicpowerunderground.substack.com. Or you can subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. You can also buy some merch. We have merch. merch. I'm not oh, wearing it because merch. it's... Uh, too warm merch. in this yeah. merch. Trust us, it's, it's great merch. Yeah. Um, on Shopify, all you have to do is uh, Google, and uh, you can find us. We, we show up on most people's Google algorithm. If we don't show up on your Google algorithm, I don't know why you're listening. <laughs> you don't have to be subscribed to Newsday to get this podcast, but it sure make this podcast make a lot more thank sense. That's all for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers. We started in hard times to bring us all in into the laughter. Public Power Underground is a production of Klatskin IPUD and News Data. The views expressed here are owned and not the official views of Klatskin IPUD, News Data, Pacific County PUD number two, eWeb, Pinock, or anybody else, really, quite frankly. Um, that's going to have a little uh, e tag on the podcast. That means it's explicit content. Don't let your kids listen to this in the show Did with you. you. Or. Um, uh, I don't know. It's just fun. It's just fun. We're clinking the beer. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, public Power Underground is a public power and public power adjacent news from a power department's perspective. It's written and directed by Klatskin IPUD's power department, led by me, Paul Dockery, uh, and written and edited, or not written, edited and published by the stellar team of Pioneer Utility Resources, led by associate producer Sarah Wooden, who I tried to get to come here to help do the live production, but she couldn't. Uh, we really need to work on Word South and their uh, budget for sending people. I do think we may be able to get her to produce an episode sometime soon, just so she can be on the episode, because yeah, she right. does lead the team. It's going to be great. Uh, our theme song, Roll On Enthusiasts, Enthusiasts who I don't know if you can still hear this or not. We can hear it. It's still there. It's still there. Uh, Matt wants to hear less of it, so I'm going to turn that down into the background. It was uh, rewritten, performed, and recorded by Aaron Gillery and Ian Bledsoe. Ready for it? More of it. Yes. Public Power Underground for electric utility enthusiasts. Public Power Underground. It's worth to to watch. The Sandy, the Willamette, and Hood River, too. So roll on.